Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. This is the podcast for you, the service industry. And, you know, well, other people can join in. It's all in fun, people, you know. I'm your bartender for the night. I'm the dude, or you can call me Anthony. We're on a first-name basis by now, I hope. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm the bartender that uh, doesn't believe that you need a college degree to speak into a microphone, because look what I'm doing now. <laughs> Today, I'm going to be going off a little bit about these people that think they're self-righteous just because they got a degree in something uh, whether they went to a four-year college, whether they went uh, for a 12-year college, uh, whatever, and compare themselves as the royalty when they walk into an Applebee's. And uh, we're also going to be hearing a song from Sarah Hester Ross a little bit later, so stick around for that. But first, let's talk about today's cocktail. Uh, as usual, I try to make the cocktail go along with what I'm talking about for today. And the best I could do was from PiedmontGrocery.com. This cocktail is called The Graduate. Uh, Gin, citrus, and elderflower combined to make a great refreshing cocktail. The Graduate is perfect for this time of year, regardless of who might or might not be graduating. Of course, this was probably written June 1st. Yeah, Uh, June 1st, 2017, people were graduating at that point in time. Not now, but everybody's on summer break. And I'm too old, I have a job, and uh, I don't get a summer break anymore. Beyond the point, let's get back to the drink. We recommend using two St. St. Germans for the elderflower liquor and St. George for the gin. You can play with the uh, proportions to get exact balance of sweetness and to citrus that best suits your taste. The graduate ingredients, two ounces of St. George Terrier gin, splash of St. Germain liquor, Dash of lemon juice, dash of lime juice, splash of club soda, lemon or lime zest for garnish. The directions. Fill a shaker with ice and pour gin over top. Add the St. Germain lemon juice and lime juice. Top off with club soda. Give it a quick shake and pour it into a martini glass or and garnish with a lemon or lime zest. Sounds pretty refreshing. Uh, gin seems to be the uh, perfect liquor to go for uh to go with the type of citrusy type of drinks um that and vodka go with the clears when you're doing your citrusy drinks i don't hear many people ever drinking bourbon and orange juice very often i wonder what that's like i'm gonna have to talk to a person that knows bourbon better than i do hey las vegas bartender if you uh if you've drank some kind of citrus uh drink with uh, any of your vast collection of uh, liquor, and you happen to be listening to this show, email me or message me or something like that. Tell me if uh, you've done that if it's and what's good. 
You know what I'm going to feel like going off this weekend about? I feel like going off about school. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to go off about school. School was never a huge thing for me. Uh, I got decent grades to mediocre grades to bad grades. It was a gradual decline for me. I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you guys. That's partially the reason why I don't use words bigger than three syllables. But when you're going to school, it's supposed to prepare you for life. We can we can view it like that. Uh, you have to learn math because uh, you get you know learn add subtract multiply. It makes life a lot easier as you get older. Algebra, I'm still on the fence about. I don't know where that comes in. Learn how to spell. Learn how to read. Definitely comes in handy because if ever nobody knew how to spell or read, we'd all be writing different stuff and nobody would understand anybody. So it's best for all of us to have virtually the same language based on the country or region that we're in. But uh, other things, you learn about history. Now, history, I'm a big believer in that fr- uh, that phrase, uh, forgive me, people for not remembering see if that's why i'm not i wasn't that good at school uh i'm a big believer in the phrase uh those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it so uh you know i'm i'm a big believer in that so we have to learn some of the stuff that happened back way back when so we don't end up doing the same thing over again however uh, my only complaint with history is history is written by the winners the, by the big wigs, not by the losers or uh, anybody else, but the people who were in charge of what that history should be said or done about. So are we really learning history or are we learning an opinion? Well, that doesn't have anything to do with uh, the topic of this podcast today. I'm just going over a few subjects here. Uh, I went to a private school when I was a kid, pretty much first grade all the way up through 11th grade. And uh, my senior year, I finished off all all my high school and community college. So uh, I sat there first through uh, first through eighth grade. And every year, it seemed like at the beginning of the year, they said that they were going to prepare us for the next step. We're preparing you for second grade. We're preparing you for sixth grade. We're preparing you for high school. And uh, it never felt like I was living in the moment. I never felt like I was really living life. I was always looking towards the future. And uh, by the time I got into high school, uh, from freshman year all the way up to senior year, the teachers were all saying, we're preparing you for college. And there were so many lies or misconceptions that uh, that were given to us all the time. Like in eighth grade, they kept telling us things, let's say something simple, like if you forget your book in your locker, they won't let you go get it when you're in high school. Uh, believe me, there were tons of times where me and my friends forgot something in our lockers. All we had to do was say, hey, it's in my locker, can I go grab it? And they'd be, yeah, go ahead, you're, you're going to need it. But you get to college, and college has... The balls, these four-year colleges, uh, you go there and you try to decide on your major. What am I going to do? What is uh, Because college is supposed to be the preparation for life. You've spent the last 12 years 
just to get to these final four to prepare for life. So what do you do when you get there? You find out you've got a list of courses that you require to take. You got to take more English. You got to take more history. You got to take more uh, math. Uh, and it's and a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, you you sit there and you look at it and say, okay, I have to do this while I try to decide my major. Then all of a sudden, one day you decide your major, and the major all of a sudden. I don't know if any college students ever realize it, but like, say your major is theater. Now, is it really necessary that you need to learn trigonometry once you've made that decision that you want to work in the theater when you grow up? Is it really necessary that you have to learn uh, world history if you decide you're going to be an electrician? Pretty much when you're an electrician, all you have to know is the voltage if you go into a different country. And the odds of you going to a different country to set up electrical equipment, it's pretty slim. But getting beyond that, when you reach the end of college, you're walking down that aisle, you've got that goofy hat on, and you get that piece of paper that says you graduated with whatever major from this uh, prestigious college or not so prestigious college, a college that has a great football team, a college that's heard of football. You know, it just all depends on where you go. Then they say you are now ready for the real world. Get out there. Then you start to uh, uh, applying for jobs left and right that has something to do with what you studied for all those years. And you realize that there were a lot of other people that were studying that for all of those years. And, uh, you know, you're competing against them. So you walk up and say, uh, hi, I'm a, I majored in accounting when I was in college, got straight A's and they're, and the person at the, um, uh, at the reception desk, okay, get at the end of the line with the rest of the people. But then all of a sudden you hear about, uh, I don't know, the Backstreet Boys, I don't know if they went to college or not. I uh, And all of a sudden, they're making uh, way more money than you'll ever see in your life. Unless you're crooked, a crooked accountant, then you'll see way more money than them. I'm not knocking accountants back off. But what have you done in college to prepare for life? You've sat in a dorm room or in a house that you rented with your friends and had your book if you were a serious student, you had your nose in a book the whole time. And you learned how to party. You uh, Did you really learn how to communicate? Not really, because you know if you really think about it, you go back uh, from first grade all the way through your entire school career. You were encouraged uh, every semester, every class, to sit in a different spot. That way, you got to know a different person. But once you're sitting next to that one person, the first thing the teacher tells you is, shut up, quiet, listen to what I have to say. Now, granted, when I was in grade school, I'm sure the t- what the teachers had to say was way more important than me discussing the uh, previous day's episode of Voltron with my buddy. But when you think about it, you've just graduated from school, 
and you think the world is at your fingertips, all you needed was that piece of paper. But no, Mike Rowe said it best. All that college teaches you is how to go in debt, which uh, I've seen some people that I went to school with years ago and even my own family. They're doing very well with their degrees, but they're still, after, what, uh, almost 20 years, still paying off their student loan, which in some cases forces some of these people to get a second job uh, in order to make those payments every month. And so you you really want to work hard to get to do that job that you've always wanted to do. You people that study things like Russian literature, I don't know what you plan on doing with your lives, uh, but I hope it's good. But uh, Russian, French literature, you know, are there really careers in that? I honestly don't know. I'm not making fun of you guys either. But a lot of the people that study this uh, go and try to get a job in the field that they've been studying for years to do. Don't get a job right away. I mean, like like I said, micro says college. All it teaches you is to go into debt. Now, I'm not going to get on the side of vocational schools, even though I've gone to vocational schools and I have a pretty uh, pretty good career right now because of it, because I knew absolutely that I could not handle another four years of school. It was just going to be a train wreck for me if I tried to apply to some kind of college, even though. My grades in high school were never good enough to, in order to go to a decent uh, decent college. I would have gone to community college. So, you got all these people, they're going to college, and they think when they graduate, they're ready for life. Far from it. Most of those people that graduated from college, they get this diploma in something specific, and they never, ever in their life get themselves a job that even halfway applies to what they studied. Years and years ago, probably back in the seventies, uh, you got all these uh, got all these guys that were studying accounting, uh, farm uh, pharmaceutical stuff. They became computer programmers, and back in the seventies, there really wasn't too many classes for that sort of thing because, uh, like, take a look at your iPhone right now. The computing space that happens inside your iPhone would take up three football field, three or four football fields worth of computer work. Uh, computers uh, and drive space back in the 70s. But the reason why I'm going off about this whole rigmarole of going to college and stuff like that, I'm not uh, downing anybody for wanting to go to college. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying don't go to college. If that is what your calling is, by all means, go ahead and do it. However, for all these college administrators out out there, I have an idea. I'm not saying it's a great idea, but I want uh, all of you people to hear me out. Now, a lot of you people that uh, heard Hey Bartender podcast uh, probably thought when you fir- first listened to the number one episode, uh, to- uh, the 21 run, you probably thought this, w- this is a podcast that's going to tell me how to do the 21 run right. I'm going to drink the right drinks, I'm going to go to the right places. No. If anybody has listened to the very premiere episode of Hey Bartender Podcast, the 21 run has nothing to do, really, with drinking and getting drunk. 
It has to do with the people that work behind the, uh, behind the bar, the people that walk the floor, the people that work in the kitchen, which is where my class idea comes in. In college, I say that there should be a requirement for every single student, every single one of them. You want to prepare for life? Every single student has to get a job in a restaurant for at least six months. One entire semester, at least, of working in the service industry. Because there, you will learn everything you absolutely need to know about people, communication, life. It it will become just completely apparent on how things actually operate. Instead of coming out of college as an entitled bastard or uh, with this uh, with this pigskin in your hand, uh, you know, say, I went to college, I got a degree, and therefore, where the hell is my ranch? Let's go talk about a few classes that w- it would go along with it. Start something simple. Theater, acting. Now, a lot of us, when we're working behind the bar or we're working... Uh, on the floor, we have to put on a smiling face and we have to at least pretend we're friendly, we're cordial, and we that we have a thick skin and can take any shit from anybody, which you, you, you guys know me. I don't think you should take shit from anyone. But you will also be playing a character of the person that will, is willing to do something for somebody. You are going to be playing a character of everybody's friend or a psychologist or, you know, that uh, play the character of the hardworking person. And, uh, and you, actually, it's, it won't be after a little while, once you get used to the job, you won't be acting. It, uh, it will be second nature to you. And the art of lying. Because, you know, basically, uh, uh, when it comes to, uh, being an actor, you're a paid. Uh, I've heard so many actors say it. I'm paid to lie. I'm lying about who I am. I'm lying about uh, what I do, all for the sake of entertainment. And so you will learn to convince people that you're in a great mood, you're happy to see them, and that there must be something wrong in the kitchen because uh, I'll go check on your uh, mozzarella sticks right now. Knowing full well, you completely spaced to put that order in. Accounting, math. Now, if if you want to learn how to do math properly, if you want to learn how to do uh, accounting books uh, properly, work in the service industry for God's sakes because at the end of the night, You've got to make sure that all your receipts match up. Match up. You've got to make sure that all your credit card rece- receipts match up. Make sure that the money in your till or in your book matches up. Otherwise, you got to put your tips into that in order to make everything even. Because the house always gets its money, and you do not want that to happen. Especially, or you, uh, you also need to uh, know how to give correct change. Because... Uh, you know, if you don't give correct change, you either screw the customer or they screw you. You know, if you, 
uh, they order a $5 drink, they give you a 20 and you accidentally, uh, or they give you a 10 and you accidentally give them a change for a 20. That's on you. Not to mention money saving. Uh, you're going to bring home your tips every night and try to figure out, uh, budgets with that money. You know, I have this much money for food. I have this much money for, uh, you know, like traveling. I've, or, you know, like taking the bus to class or something like that, or the bus to work. And I've got this much money to have fun. Now I can't go over on any of those. Otherwise I won't eat. I won't get to work even though that last weekend was really fun. All the math you do in a restaurant is basically everything that you pretty much learned from eighth grade and below. Never, though, in the restaurant industry will you ever have to sit back and figure out, okay, I have six apples, the customer has X amount of apples, and there's 10 apples on the table. What, how many, how many apples belong to the customer? Okay. That was really easy, easy algebra for all you people. The answer should be four. Uh, I had to use my, uh, take off my shoe to figure that one out personally. Okay. Something else, uh, say marketing. Now, when you're a bartender server or a restaurant work in a restaurant period, you find yourself that you have to market yourself. You have to sell yourself in order to gain yourself customers because gaining regular customers working in the service industry is what the game is all about because the regular customers they come back and see you they're guaranteed to uh, sit down in your section they're guaranteed to sit down and talk with you and you become friends with them and you get the occasional uh, great tip Uh, or you have uh, have a guarantee that they're going to come in And no matter what their tab is, you get a certain amount of money. And that's what marketing is, is uh, pretty, to me, is pretty much selling yourself. And you are your mascot. You are uh, the person that in the restaurant that people will come to because they know they get proper service from you, your familiar face, and they pay you to be like that. Okay, uh, how about like social studies type of thing? Uh, well, social studies, that was uh, pretty much history class in grade school, isn't it? But being social, say that you want to be a speech writer or uh, be some, uh, some kind of public figure that gives speeches. There is no better place to practice your speech uh, skills than working in a bar. Or a restaurant. Now, the bartenders, they have the uh, the best opportunity to get into this sort of thing because, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, or maybe if it's even in the positive, the waiters and waitresses, they don't talk to the customers that much. They're too busy running back and forth, and they've got other tables to deal with. But the bartender, they're standing behind the bar, and everybody's sitting at the bar, no matter how big the bar is, whether if you've got a four-seater or you've got a 20-seater, you have to be able to entertain every single one of those people. You have to be able to talk with them. You have to be able to console them. You have to be able to make them laugh. Once again, acting comes into this. But social awareness also comes into play. Now, you might get a customer, 
that wants to, you know, one or two small details about, say, your opinion on at the Battle of Gettysburg, it's, you know, the first war that I could think of, uh, and what happened at this particular moment. And if you're a history buff, that's perfect. Uh, guy like me, uh, I don't study that kind of history. I'm, I, I, uh, I look at music history more than I do uh, American history or world history. But you got to learn to be able to talk with these people and, you know, once in a while, yeah, sure, you got to bullshit your way through the conversation. Like uh, when you absolutely have no idea what the person's talking about and you're like, you know, I heard about that. Wow, yeah, that was crazy. You know, get thrown out these really generic things. But when somebody actually asks you about something they that you know of, they know that you know of, like if, when somebody came up and asked me a question about Billy Joel, they knew I knew about Billy Joel. And so I'm prepared uh, by nobody's, uh, no other fault but my own to tell them about Billy Joel, you know, because they sit back and say, ask me everything from what's the story behind Piano Man and why the hell would he uh, divorce Christy Brinkley? Well, his personal life, that's his personal life. I didn't re- ever really get into it. But if you want to know the story behind only the good die young that I'm your man. And in that gives you practice in standing in front of a large crowd of people and giving a speech because everybody knows that the two biggest fears in this world, uh, one is giving a speech in public and two is death, which according to most comedians, you'd rather, uh, you'd rather be the guy in the casket than the guy giving the eulogy. But when you're standing in front of all these people, you start to acquire knowledge from them. And in turn, you give them knowledge. And there's a back and forth. And sometimes they ask you the difficult questions, which prepares you for uh, difficult questions that you may get later on in life. And sure, you might get one of those people that uh, uh, will get mad at you for not knowing something or knowing the wrong details. But that's your opportunity for learning. And, uh, you know, it's tons of opportunities for that. Works great if you want to be a teacher, too. Uh, doesn't matter. Any grade. Because you're going to be uh, serving people who are as mature as a five-year-old. You're going to be serving people that are as idiotic as a teenager. Uh, as crazy as somebody in their 20s. As mature as somebody in their 50s. And... You know, you're going to be working with all different age groups and you'll be able to talk and teach with every age group, depending on the restaurant that you're in, of course. Like if you work at a diner that doesn't serve uh, alcohol and kids can come up and sit up at the uh, at the bar and have themselves a waffle or uh, uh, like smothered and covered uh, um, uh, I'm my mind's stuck on Waffle House right now. Anyway, um, where the kids can sit up at the bar and just chill out and, you know, you're going to be talking to them. Uh, not not so much uh, uh, below 21 in a bar, but, uh, you know, if you work in a diner. Now, uh, how about something a little bit more difficult for me to talk about? Law. Okay, there are tons of laws that you will have to brush up on if you work in the restaurant industry. 
there in there's probably uh, even a law degree that you can get based just on that. I don't know that for certain. Don't look it up. Now let's uh, talk about the uh, something like the law enforcement type of area. Yes, if you work in a bar or a, a restaurant, there occasionally you will have to break up a fight. You will have to make a decision on what those people are going to, uh, how they're going to be punished. If you're going to 86 them, you're just going to uh, give them a cool down period, or uh, you're not. You're just going to get them sit down and be quiet and just finish their drinks. They can come in tomorrow. That's decisions that law enforcement has to do every single day. It's not just uh, somebody was doing something bad. Cuff them, get them out of there. Even though when it comes to like uh, that, making decisions like that, I was always a big believer. I don't care who started the fight. You're both out of here. Bye. But you also have to learn the laws of serving people. Uh, like if you accidentally serve somebody that's uh, allergic to gluten, you accidentally serve it to them. That makes you liable. Yeah, unfortunately, if uh, you're a bartender, you overserve somebody, uh, and they get in a car accident on your way on their way home, it could lead back to you. Uh, liquor control commission, they come in and they try to uh, do a sting on you. You have to know uh, what uh, you can be called at fault for. You have to be uh, you have to be aware of all sorts of things, which uh, is included in the study of law. Yeah, un- understanding what your rights are, what the other person's rights are, and uh, know, be able to tell who's at fault and uh, be able to make the right judgment on what to do about it. You see, it all comes into play right there. Art students, people that study art, architecture, uh, you start to, you'll start to understand uh, why things are the way they are, especially in a public place. Now, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, what was, what's that really fancy word, feng shui or whatever like that, that probably comes into play because you want your, you want the bar to have a nice flow to it in order to, uh, for people to feel comfortable. You know, you don't want uncomfortable chairs. You don't want uh, obnoxious artwork all over the place. You want these people to feel comfortable in this place. So, what kind of uh, things make people feel comfortable? How would you decorate this place? Or how would you design your own place? You know, you stand there, you look at the place and say, okay, uh, I like the way the bar is, but those tables actually are in the way. And so what would I do? I'd take that wall out, expand it a little bit farther. You see, you, you, can, you can use that totally. And... You know, I'm just trying to prove a point to you guys uh, to, well, not so much to the people that are already bartenders and servers. I'm trying to make you guys feel better because you you have so many skills, depending on how long you've worked in the restaurant industry, that you can take and apply to anything. And some of the time, you can apply it to another job and uh, the person that had got went to school and got the degree in English literature, uh, you'd be put in front of the line before them. There, this is a, this is uh, one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard about a uh, uh, college graduate. This guy had multiple 
degrees. He had a degree in engineering. He had a degree in electrical work. He had a degree in architecture. He had, you know, he had like four or five degrees, but he couldn't get hired to save his life. And he couldn't understand, how come nobody will hire me? I, uh, they hired this guy that has, uh, truthfully, five years more experience than I do, but he doesn't have all the degrees I do. Well, let me tell you something about the guy with all the degrees. Well, no, let me, yeah, I'll start with him. Uh, he did have all the degrees. He was a very smart guy. However, he could not keep his shirt clean no matter what. Uh, guaranteed, by the end of breakfast in the morning, he's got something on his shirt. By the end of lunch, there's even more stuff on his shirt. And his he his face is always a mess. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, he looked terrible. And, you know, when you're looking for these, uh, looking for these employees, you see this guy that's not taking care of himself and uh, shows up late for work a lot. And they don't want to, uh, they don't want to deal with a guy like that. But you got a guy who didn't go to college, who will do anything to learn the trade and shows up for work on time and shows up every day, uh, at least as much as he can, because we all get sick from time to time, duh. But that guy actually got promoted way past the guy with the five degrees just because he was a good employee. It didn't matter at that point whether uh, the guy had multiple degrees so what the thing that I'm betting on instead of college is life experience and you don't there's no other better place for life experience than a restaurant especially you people who are studying psychology you want to find you want to learn about psychology work at a fucking restaurant you will meet all sorts of different personalities learn their traits learn their uh, strengths their weaknesses uh, their problems, their tics that you know, psychologists should work definitely work in a restaurant situation because that's where all the personalities, every single personality, extroverted, introverted, they that's where they all hang out. Psychologists can learn so much about so many people now, you know, down to almost down to the point where they can almost feel safe about making assumptions about how people are about to act. Now, I'm not a big believer in assumptions. I don't like making assumptions, but uh, I prefer to think of it as using the force. Uh, I I saw it was about to happen before it happened. So uh, just because I've seen it happen like that a dozen times before. So all I'm saying to all the colleges out there is add six months of working in a restaurant to the curriculum. And they, uh, you, uh, the requirement is get a job at a restaurant, at a bar, and work there for six months. If you get fired before six months, you fail the class. The deal is you got to show up every day for work. You can keep all the money. You can uh, you can keep your hourly wage. You can keep your tips. That that way you have money saved up uh, for when in uh, extra money because you're going to be using up majority of your time. And write a logbook to be submitted 
every once in a while, once a month, once a week, whatever, to tell, talk about your experiences, the ups, the downs, and what you learned from all of that. And after you work for six months, uh, you can quit or you can uh, keep going with whatever you're doing. Uh, if you like working at the restaurant, you can keep going, keep doing it. But the important thing is you have to understand uh what it's like to be on the other side of the table. So you're um uh so that you understand that the food is late, it's not because of the server. The server is just the first person on the line of defense. Uh the reason why they don't have a particular ingredient is because the manager didn't order it that month or whatever. And they you start to understand the, the the reason why your table isn't served first is because there were three other tables in front of you. You'll start to understand why you had to wait in line for an hour just because uh, uh, in order to get to your table just to sit down and just because the pers- people in front of you that got into the restaurant before you did decided to sit down and have a couple more drinks before they just paid their bill and left. Sometimes... Uh, servers, bartenders, we can't get people to leave just because they just want to sit and talk for a little while. You'll understand more about the customers. You'll understand more about yourself, really, because, uh, you know, I didn't really take it into account that I'm an introvert until I became a bartender because, you know, people would try to talk to me and I'm just like one word answer. That's it. Say, hey, how you doing? Fine. What'd you do this weekend? Nothing. And, you know, a lot of people were a little bit worried about me when when they first met me. But as I warmed up to people, started understanding the stuff that I had to do, the stuff that I had to know. Because I was scared shitless when I first became a bartender because I went through OLCC training and I took the two-week course to learn how to be a bartender. And started it. Things started scaring me. Well, what if a bad ID goes across the table and I serve a minor, and I get caught for it? What if a customer I accidentally overserved the person actually can hide how drunk they are? They are, or I just haven't learned their tell yet, and they end up getting in an accident on the way home, or they get pulled over by a cop, and then OLCC starts sending stings over to my bar uh, because they think that I'm being irresponsible with the liquor behind the bar. A lot of things like that scared me, but I took every single thing that I learned from being a bartender, whether it was uh, dealing with money, whether it was communication, whether it was uh, telling jokes, uh, dirty jokes, lots of jokes, lots of dirty jokes, and, uh, and dealing with customers. It, you know, I learned tons of things that uh, is more easily transferable than any degree that I could have gotten from any college. At least that's just me. I could be wrong. I mean, this all goes back to those assholes that look at you and say, why don't you get a real job? And, you know, it still boggles my mind that they don't think working in a restaurant is not a real job. It's, uh, it's, and we're treated poorly. We're treated unfairly, 
uh, because we don't make six figures a year. And, uh, well, some people think that making, uh, like $60,000 a year, uh, it makes them a big deal. But truthfully, most of us, the servers and bartenders make, make more than that. Uh, just on tips alone. Okay. Maybe not on tips alone, but you get me, but you got, you get this one person that majors in, uh, 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 French expressionism artwork. They, what can they do? Uh, let's see. They can get a job at a museum. Um, odds are they've already got a person there that works there, so they have to wait in line with everybody else who has that exact same degree. And during that time, they've got to look for another job. Now, if they were prepared after working in the service industry, they would be able to find a job no time flat. Just walk into the local restaurant, neighborhood bar, and they would be able to get a job and be comfortable with it. Uh, but some of these people out there, they get so, uh, that they got that huge chip on their shoulder saying, I spent four years studying about uh, ancient Greek mythology. And uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm not going to lower myself to work in a restaurant or a bar. That's demeaning. That's, you know, I, uh, I don't want to do it, but they still end up doing something else that has absolutely nothing to do with that particular degree. And not only that, they've got to, uh, they've got to separate a portion of their budget to pay off the ginormous loan that they had to get in order to get it. So, hopefully I made a point there. I'm not sure if I did. D yeah, email me if you think I made a point. Okay, people, it's time for me to take a break. Time to go outside, have a ice-cold drink and a cigarette. And uh, so I am going to leave you guys to this week's musical guest, a friend of the podcast, Sarah Hester Ross. I've used a couple of her songs on a couple podcasts, Episode 99 is completely dedicated to her, so go check that out uh, if you want to learn more about Sarah Hester Ross. If you're in the Las Vegas area, you can go watch her perform in uh, the New York, New York Casino at the bar in there. However, she has just released a new single on Spotify. I totally encourage you guys to go check it out. Here is Sarah Hester Ross with the song Nobody to Love. Don't you want
Once again, that was Sarah Hester Ross with her new single, Nobody to Love. If you want to go check that song out, get on Spotify and download it now. You can also check out Sarah Hester Ross on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Just look up Sarah Hester Ross. She's the girl that does that Florida Man Friday thing, Florida Woman uh, Wednesday. Uh, She's hilarious. She's an awesome musician, great piano player. Get on Instagram and TikTok and follow her right now so you can find out when she's uh, letting out new singles. She's putting out stuff all the time. She performs at the New York, New York Casino in Las Vegas. Her shows are awesome. I've seen clips online. I really hope to go see her uh, sometime soon live. So if anybody wants to uh, send me tickets to go to Las Vegas to go watch Sarah Hester Ross at the casino, uh, you know, send it my way, please. You know, uh, I'll get a small room, you know, queen size bed. And I'm cool with that. I'll even fly economy. Other than, but anyway, uh, enough of the begging. So, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Uh, come on up to the bar because uh, I tend to get lost when I'm uh, wandering around the tables and I can't find my way back. Then nobody gets any drinks. So, special thanks to Sarah Hester Ross for uh, letting me use her single, Nobody to Love. Remember to download that or at least stream it on Spotify. Uh, she's got a lot of other great songs on there that you have got to check out. Uh, remember to follow her on Instagram and TikTok. Um, remember, if you guys want to help support a podcast, go to www.heybartenderpodcast.com. And pick up a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt. Got a couple other uh, things in there that you might dig. The most popular thing that I have on there is the Hey Bartender Podcast poker chip. It's kind of like a challenge coin. One size, it's, it says I'm buying. The other size, it says you're buying. Uh, a lot of people totally love that thing. Uh, remember, if you want to contact me, 
My email is dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you have any stories you'd like to share, or if you want to be on the show, or if you are a musician and want some airplay, contact me. I'd be more than happy to help you do that because I love doing this sort of thing. You can also follow Hey Bartender Podcast on Facebook. It's Hey Bartender Podcast. Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast. TikTok, Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I really don't do much on that site. So we let's just ignore that. Um, you know, if you want to follow me, you can uh, find out when the new episodes are coming out. Uh, once in a while, I'll put up some kind of goofy meme up there or even ask you guys questions on my, uh, on my story because sometimes I just get a little curious and that's where I get some of the ideas for these shows. Remember to get on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, all the places where you can find Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, leave a comment, leave a rating. I would totally appreciate that because uh, I need a lot more of those. And some other things are coming up in the future of the podcast that uh, might be a little bit interesting. Maybe not. It just all depends on the way you look at life. So... As usual, ladies and gentlemen, I just have to wish you all thank or first of all, I want to thank you all for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. And remember, if you want to be a part of it, all you have to do is email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com or DM me on any of the social medias. Uh and just remember, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here!